So if you've been here uh, the last couple weeks, we've been, we started a series called My Name Is, and uh, happy Mother's Day, to, as we've said already. I hope your morning didn't go like this. If you want to go to the next slide there, Daniel, uh, here was a cartoon of some kids coming in. They said, we're making you breakfast for Mother's Day, but we have one question. How do you work this thing? And they're holding a fire extinguisher. So hopefully you enjoyed your morning if you're a mom, and it didn't go like that, and uh, I've just... We're so thankful for all the moms in this room. It just, it's reminding me, my mom is not uh, here with us today. She's actually with her mom, uh, who is still alive. My, my grandma is 96 this year and uh, still going strong. And she, she just was in need of mom to just be there with her this weekend. So that's what's going on. That's where my mom is. If you think about her, you can drop her a line. I, I'm eminently thankful for my mom because I wouldn't be here today without her. And then I'm... So... Mom is a pretty powerful name in itself. It represents so many things, the the things that moms do for us, the things they impart to us. But in this series, we've been talking about a name that's even more powerful than mom. Amen. We we got at least one amen knowing that there is a name more powerful than mom. We've been talking about the name of Jesus. And his name means God is salvation. But it's more than just a name. It's more than just something we say. When we talk about the name of Jesus, it's the weight, the authority, and the standing that he had with the Father. And, And the things that happened when Jesus spoke and the authority that he carried, the things that happened when Jesus spoke in his name should be happening in our lives also. Because Jesus gave us his name to use. Uh, as a key verse, we've been looking at Philippians 2.9. It says, he has now been given the greatest of all names. Everybody say greatest. greatest. <clears throat> that means there is no other name that is above his name. And he's allowed us to use that name. What a privilege, what a joy we have to be able to speak in the name of Jesus. And the titles that he has, the names that he goes by, those are things that when we understand who he is in that aspect, we should be expecting to see those things happen in our lives. And, uh, this morning, the name I wanted to talk about uh, is from one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And I, I know <laughs> it's almost a broken record. I say that almost every week. But this really is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Uh, if we did a, a survey of how many times each verse is read at New Life Fellowship, this one probably ranks up there pretty close to the top. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. It's not just a verse for Christmas time. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. Come on, quit worrying about the governments of this world. The the real government that matters is on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter who's in the White House, who they're meeting with, who runs the other countries. Jesus is the government that matters, and he's in charge. It says the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This was written about 700 years before Jesus was born. And this this verse is talking about Jesus. In case there were any questions in the room, you could ask a whole school of Bible scholars, 100% agreement, they will all tell you this verse was talking about Jesus. And, And I was thinking, how many of us sweated just planning for nine months for a baby to be born and arrive? It's like, man, is the room ready at home? Is the nursery painted the right color? Do we have the right name picked out? We, we get lazy. We're like, hey, let's go to that name book. Oh, Aaron. That's the, let's, we'll call him Aaron. <laughs> if your name's Aaron, I'm sorry. I was just, just kidding. We, we get worked up planning for nine months for a baby to be born. And Jesus' birth was planned since before the foundation of the world. 
before anything was created. For millennia, Jesus' birth was foretold. It was planned. All the arrangements came together. The prophecies were given so that we would recognize the Messiah when he came. And uh, I think it's pretty amazing. This is one of the prophetic clues that Jesus himself was going to be God coming in the flesh. When it says, hey, there's a a baby that's going to be born, and he is the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. This was Isaiah telling them, it's not just going to be a nice guy born in that stable in Bethlehem. It's going to be God himself wrapped in flesh, come to save us and to deliver us. And I think one of the things that Jesus did, one of his primary roles was to help fix people's perception of God. How many of you know somebody that have won, they've wondered, oh, what's God really like? How can you know? Who is he? God is just like Jesus. And that's why Jesus came. In, in the ancient world, there were a lot of questions about what God is like, just like there are today, people wondering what's he like. And in, in the ancient world, they asked questions like, well, you know, who is God? Should we sacrifice children to him? Is there one God or many gods? How, how should we worship? Should we cut ourselves with stones when we worship? Come on, those were questions that people had in the ancient world, and Jesus came to reveal what God looks like. And even among the Jews who knew God, I think Jesus came to show them this is what the Father's really like. Because even among the Jews, they had questions of, you know, is it about these commandments? Are we supposed to just keep these rules? Is it about going to the temple every year? Are we the only people? Come on, that's, that was a very real question back then, even among the Jewish people. Are we the only ones? All these Gentiles, we don't even need to eat with them or fellowship with them. And Jesus came to fix all of those misrepresentations of God and say, this is exactly what the Father is like. Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he came wrapped in flesh, and he showed us who he was. And those verse, those names in Isaiah, yeah, think about this with me. He is mighty, but he's also personal. He is our father. Think about that, of, of knowing someone that's so powerful, they could do anything they wanted at any time they wanted. And we are on intimate enough terms to call them father. Say, that's my dad. We're, we're in relationship. I am his, and he is mine. He can, he can conquer everything. But his rule brings peace. He is the prince of peace. That's part of his kingdom. That's the fruit and the result of his kingdom coming is there is peace spread throughout the land. There is reconciliation that comes. He's so mighty he could blow stuff up if he wanted to. Yet at the same time, he can speak to the waves and the wind and calm the fiercest storm. Peace be still. And the name that I wanted to pick out of that verse this morning to focus on, I, I think it's important because human nature always says, I can do it myself. Has anybody ever said that in the last five minutes? I think I said it a lot more frequently when I was younger. I don't know why, but, but we get this mindset of, like, even little kids. Think about raising little kids, and you're, like, helping them, and they're, like, they shrug away, and they're, like, I can do it myself. And that's part of human nature, and we kind of carry that with us until we get to the point where we're grown men, and we throw the directions away as soon as we open the box. Why? Your wife comes in the door. Do you need help with that? No. I can do it myself. I'm, I'm thankful. How many of you in the last six months have watched a YouTube video of how to do something? Yeah. Hands all over the room. I am so thankful for YouTube. But it's feeding this culture of, I can do it myself. I don't need your help. I don't need to call my friend. I don't need to take it to a professional. I've got this. 
And I, I will tell you, I am smart enough to admit, I have watched a few YouTube videos where I'm like, I'm not doing that. I, I can see how it's done. I can see this guy doing it. And I know enough from watching this video right now that I need to call somebody. Thank you, Jesus, for wisdom in those moments. But the verse, I'm, this verse that we read that I want to pull this name out of, the person that we need to know Jesus as in those moments because we think we can do it ourselves is he really is our wonderful counselor. He is the one that comes alongside of us. The word counselor there literally means someone that gives advice or direction to you. Why, why is it that we think we don't need to ask for advice or direction? And maybe, maybe that's not an issue for you. Maybe it's just some of the guys in the room. I don't know what it is. But we need a wonderful counselor to come alongside of us to give directions to us. And as I was thinking about the role that the wonderful counselor has in our lives, uh, I thought about this. I have never asked for directions to get to my house when I'm sitting in my house on my couch. Come on, is that, it's just, we think, oh, that's a stupid thing. Why would you ask for directions to your own house? We need a wonderful counselor because God doesn't want us to stay in the same place forever. There is something about the Christian life that is growth and forward motion. And the reason he gives us a counselor is because we have to get up off of our couch whatever that represents to you on your spiritual journey and your journey of growth, we need to get up off of that thing and continue to walk forward in what he's asked us to do. And when the moment you get up off that couch and you walk out the front door, you need a wonderful counselor to come alongside of you and give you direction in your life. The Christian life is full of opportunities for growth and change. Yeah, there's, there's lots of ways to serve Jesus. There's lots of exciting ministry things to do. You could go on mission trips. You could go serve the homeless people food at the shelter. But the most constant opportunities we get in the Christian life to do something is to grow and to change. And that's why he gives us a counselor to walk alongside us. We talk a lot about grace here at New Life Fellowship and, and the things that Jesus has done for us that we didn't earn. We, we can't earn it. We can't work it up. We can't get it in our own strength. We talk a lot about grace, but I felt like I was supposed to remind us this morning that grace is not permission to stay immature. Sometimes we think, oh, well, I can get away with treating you however I want because you just, you have to forgive me and there's grace here. And grace doesn't excuse us from growing. There, there are things in our lives that uh, we need to root them out of our lives. Yes, he, he loves you no matter what. You, no matter what you do, what you have done in the past, what you do from this day forward, his love for you will not change. He does, however, have an expectation that we will grow up. And that even though he's the God that changes not, we are his people that change all the time. And that's what he's after in our lives. Grace is not permission to stay mature. Grace actually empowers us to grow. It gives us the courage to confront and admit like, oh, I was not doing the right thing in that situation and I need to change my life. That's what grace empowers us to do. It empowers us to leave behind the sinful things we do, the selfish things we do, the choices we make that don't look like Jesus in our lives. And that's what he's after for us. And the source of that grace is our wonderful counselor. He's the one that fills us with that grace to change and to grow. 
And Isaiah knew the need uh, as he prophesied about the wonderful counselor coming. Uh, He talked about what the counselor would do later. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, it says, If you wander off the road to the right or the left, you will hear his voice behind you saying, Here is the road, follow it. Come on, without the voice of the counselor, we are all prone to make wrong turns in our lives. And, and when we do that, thankfully, if our ears are attuned to him and we're listening for him and we know Jesus as the wonderful counselor who came, we will be hearing his voice when we take a step off the path. He'll say, whoa, 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 this is the way. Walk in that. And I think any time I've tried to plan my own life, it hasn't gone well. And there are times we, just, we need to stop and to listen. What is the counselor saying to me in this situation that I need to do? And he does that. He tells us to stay on the path. He does that because he loves us. I, and if you read it, that passage in Isaiah, just a couple verses before, stay on that path. It says, the Lord is compassionate. When you cry for help, he will hear you and answer you. He tells us the path to walk on because he loves us and he doesn't want us to hurt ourselves. Sometimes we we have this picture in church sometimes like God is the no fun God. Come on, if, when think about this phrase with me. When when you hear the phrase, oh, he's on the straight and narrow, what do you think of? As church people, we might think, oh, that's great, he's living a great life. In the world, that's almost a derogatory term. They they use that to ridicule people, like, oh, you don't want to ask him to do that because he's Mr. Straight and Narrow. And it's, it's this term, like it's almost reduced God. If, if you follow God, it's, people actually don't get saved because they think this. If you follow God, you're never going to have any more fun the rest of your life. You just, you just have to do things that make you miserable all the time. Come on. Are we allowed to talk real in church? I mean, that, that really is the perspective that people have, that if I come follow God, I've got to give up all the stuff that I enjoy and just come and sit and look. Like this in church every Sunday. And that's not what he's like at all. The reason he wants us to stay on the path, the reason he will nudge us and say, do this or don't do that or stop doing that or or start doing this, the reason he does that is because he loves us. He wants us to enjoy an abundant life. There is more joy or there should be more joy in the kingdom of God than there is in any other location on the earth. And we need to be able to tap into that where we get so free from religious duty where we just start saying, God, I am walking with you. I'm trusting that you're going to tell me what's right and what's good for my life. And it's going to be fun following you. He keeps us on the path because he loves us and he doesn't want us to shipwreck our lives. He's not after taking all your fun away. He's after you enjoying life to its fullest. And in the New Testament, even Jesus knew our need for a counselor and direction. And he was talking with his disciples in John chapter 14. And he said this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. Everybody say another. Another. He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Isn't that amazing that he says another counselor? It's because Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew that he was the counselor prophesied by Isaiah. 
and that he was walking with them. And you may have a translation. I, I love the words that are in the other translations that, that even give you more insight into what the wonderful counselor does in our lives. Uh, you may have a translation that says comforter or helper or intercessor or advocate, strengthener, standby. These are all things that the counselor does for us. If you think about a comforter, there, how many of you know there are situations in life that stink? They are hard to walk through. There, there are things that hurt. There are things that are painful. There are things that are just broken beyond repair, we think, sometimes. And we need someone to come and release comfort into our lives. We need someone to walk next to us that's going to say, hey, I'm with you. It's going to be okay. There, the, no matter what's going on around you, I'm going to walk through this with you. I, I love the term thinking about him being our advocate. There are times when I need somebody to be a voice for me. I, I need, there, there are situations in my life, uh, we had one that we walked through that I had this burning desire. Some, somebody had said some bad things and I had this burning desire for, I'm going to say something back. I'm, I'm going to write something down. I'm going to tell everybody. And I, I distinctly heard the Lord saying, you just keep your mouth quiet because I am your advocate. And you know what happened? I kept my mouth quiet and Jesus came through. And, and that's all the detail I want to give about that situation. But I just know that he was fighting on my behalf, that he was my advocate, that he got to stand there in that place where there was judgment trying to come against us. And he said, I am here on their behalf. I am the advocate representing them. And my name is above every other name. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you gave us another counselor, another comforter, another advocate on our behalf. And uh, obviously, another counselor. Jesus knew who he was. Uh, and I was thinking, how, how was Jesus a counselor? Because instantly, we read that verse, and we're going to go there. We all think about the Holy Spirit, because that's what Jesus was talking about in that verse. The Holy Spirit's going to come. But how was Jesus a counselor? That, that he could say, I'm going to give you another counselor. But did, did he work it like, you know... Sea of Galilee summer camp? Was, was that like he, he had a hundred orange shirts like Zach does? Like yeah, they all, Sea of Galilee? That, Jesus said, hey, I, I've worked there for 10 years. I got enough shirts. I could just wear one every day of the week. If, I love Zach. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can ask Zach later how many orange shirts from camp he has. Like, is that how Jesus was? <laughs> how many? 26. All right, so I was wrong. It's not just a fresh orange shirt from camp for every day of the week. It's like almost the whole month. Zach could literally go the whole month and wear his camp shirt. Like, is that how Jesus was the counselor? Or, or was he the counselor because he had the disciples, like, come lay on the couch and talk, talk about how they were feeling? Like, is that the kind of counselor that Jesus was? He was the counselor. And somehow... His advice, his direction, him counseling them took 12 ordinary guys and completely transformed their lives to the point where they turned the world upside down. And people said, who are these guys? We thought they were fishermen and tax collectors. And it says that they were causing all this change to happen, turning the world upside down. And it says they took note that they had been with Jesus. So somehow, Jesus, as the counselor, was in operation to transform their lives. And I think it was as simple as he loved them. He lived his life with them every day for three years. And as they were walking along, I think he gave them advice about life. He was the counselor. He gave them direction. He said, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Come on. He, he talked to them about being people of integrity, keeping their word. Let your yes be yes. 
Do what you say you're going to do. I think as they were walking along, he told them, love one another just like I've loved you. And, And in that moment, the counselor was working something into their lives, giving them direction. He said, don't just love your neighbor either. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Come on, this was the counselor in action, giving them direction to change their lives. This was the voice behind them saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is how I want you to conduct yourselves because you are going to represent me when I'm gone. When after I leave, the great commission I'm going to give you is teach everybody everything I have commanded you. Come on, baptize, make disciples, teach everyone what I've commanded you. This was part of how he was counseling them. Give to the needy in secret. You know, the poor will always be there, but don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Just be generous to them at all times. These are Jesus counseling them. Don't be judgmental. If you don't want to be judged yourselves, don't judge others. Come on, hear hear the voice of Jesus. And and through that, the counselor is speaking to these 12 guys. Treat other people the way that you want to be treated. These are all things that transform their lives. And as much as Jesus enjoyed imparting to them, as much as he was the counselor that was prophesied by Isaiah, he knew, I can't be with all of you all the time like I want to be. I I can't physically be present in more than one location. So it's for your benefit that I'm going to go away because the Father's going to send you another counselor. And we obviously know that Jesus was promising the Holy Spirit. And when, when he was on the cross, I think this is just amazing. We just had Easter and the resurrection and all that. When he was on the cross, one of the last things he said is, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. I entrust you with my spirit. Why did he say that? I think because he knew, hey, in three days in the resurrection, what's going to happen is I'm going to be in a place where my father and I can pour out our spirit on all flesh. The, the time that you're waiting in the upper room and you're praying and you're expecting to see this other counselor and this power to come upon you from on high, I entrusted my spirit to the Father so that we could give it away to everybody. And that was how Jesus gave himself away. That's how he's able to be the wonderful counselor in our life today is by the power of his Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. Jesus is not physically standing in a room anymore, tapping you on the shoulder, being the voice behind you saying, wait, do that instead, walk this way. But he is with us at all times by his spirit. And that is the voice that comes into our lives that says, this is the way, walk in this. I love that. Jesus was able to go from one place at one time to every place in every person at all times. Isn't that an amazing thought? And how was he able to do that? Because he's God. there's, There's mysteries that you could think about that'll hurt your brain. But because he's God, he took his spirit and poured it out upon all flesh. And he went from, hey, I can only be in one place at one time to now I can be with all of you at all times. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your spirit in us. What, what does it sound like when the Holy Spirit speaks to you? It probably sounds a lot like your own voice in your head. And it probably sounds a lot like that list of things that Jesus said to his disciples. Hey, this is how you should treat others. This is how you should live your life. There, there will be times when he will say, oh, this specific thing, go do that right now. 
But most often it's going to be talking about how we behave, how we believe, how we're interacting with people around us. Come on, that's part of our Christian witness is how well we love each other. So I I think that's part of what the Holy Spirit speaks to us the most often is how are you doing loving other people? And he is our counselor. In, In the New Testament, the word for counselor is the Greek word paraclete. And it literally means someone who comes and stands alongside of you to help you. And that is a place where we need a wonderful counselor. We need a counselor because I think God is not into do-it-yourself. And, and how many of you have ever done a, a DIY project at home? Come on, it's demo day. We're going to tear something down. That was, always, that was my best part of construction, is guys would ask me to come help with the destruction part. Because I'm, I'm good at swinging a hammer and knocking stuff down, but finishing it up is not one of my strengths. But we, we get in this mode of DIY, and we think we can do it ourselves. And I saw some examples recently of people that had done some DIY projects. Uh, here's this lady on the left. She's building a chair, and uh, it's not going so well for her. She, she may have thrown the directions away. And uh, I think, Bill, is this how you got hurt? Where's Bill Malenka? <laughs> Like, is that, you were changing the light bulb like that? And, yeah, there's Bill. That's, that's how that went, right? You, you knew better, and, but it's faster. I'm going to do it this way because I don't need any help. I'm just going to change that light bulb myself. I'll go to the next one. And, and then sometimes we do it ourselves, and it ends up like this. And honestly, when we try to run our own lives, that's what it ends up like. I thought I was doing it the best way, but something's off. There, something was crooked, something didn't line up. I've, I've ended up with a life that can't support anything. You try to put weight on it and it collapses. I've, I've ended up in a place that it's not built according to the design that it was intended for. And that's each one of us, our lives have a design that God intended for us. He made you unique. He put gifts and talents inside of you. He placed you in relationships for people to see you grow and to do something in their lives. And when we try to build it according to our own plan, we can't do what our lives were intended to do and the function that we were created for. And we end up looking like that where somebody's laughing at us because we built our cabinet crooked. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God is not into DIY, but he is into do things with me. Do things together. Corporately, as a body of Christ, there is something about us together that he wants to see happen in our lives. And it brings the wonderful counselor into our lives when we are with others. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, Let us be concerned for one another, to help one another, to show love, and to do good. You, you may have a translation that says to spur one another on to good deeds. We need each other because we need the wonderful counselor. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak directly to us and it will sound like that voice in our head and the voice behind us saying this is the road, walk in it. But sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us out of the mouth of the person next to us. And we can't discount the voice of Jesus just because it comes out of another human mouth. I think there's, there's too many times we think, oh, well, if you've ever said this, just repent. Change your mind. It'll be okay. Sometimes we say, oh, if, if I need to do that, God will speak to me about it. Come on, you're, you're, go, you're going trying to give advice to somebody. You were praying. God put them on your heart. He said, oh, go share this with them. They need to hear this. And you go share it, and they're like, oh, if, if God wants me to change that, he'll speak to me. We can't 
discount the voice of Jesus just because it comes out of another mouth. We, at some point, we have to trust that the Holy Spirit lives in the people sitting right beside me also. And he could speak through them to me. And I'm, I'm not going to go if he could speak through Balaam's donkey. Like, that's, if, the who, if the who fits, I guess. But he can speak to us through other people because other people are filled with his spirit. And the wonderful counselor, he doesn't just have to come and whisper or drop something into your brain. He actually could use another person who has the counselor living inside of them to come put their arm around us and say, man, you know, this is going on in your life. It would be better if you did this. Man, I really felt like God put this verse on my heart for you. I had this dream about you. He's speaking to me. Like, whatever it is, we have to trust that he can speak through them to us. Oh, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the people you've surrounded us with. And I think there's a reason that Wonderful Counselor was first on that list in Isaiah. When, when we allow him to speak into our lives and give us direction and advice and tell us this is the way to walk in it, when we follow the advice of the Wonderful Counselor, we begin to experience him as mighty God. And we begin to know him as the everlasting father. We begin to know him as the prince of peace. But it's all because it starts with us letting him direct our steps and be the counselor in our lives and speak to us. This is what I want us to do this week, thinking about just meditating on Jesus being the wonderful counselor in our lives and wanting to speak to us and give us direction. I had a couple action points that I wanted us to do this week. Uh, The first one, this is very easy. It should be very easy. Thank someone who has given you advice in your life. If you feel like, oh, man, somebody just popped into my head right now when you said that, Pastor Chris. Somebody that's counseled you, that's mentored you, that's given you advice. Just take a minute this week to send them a note and tell them thank you. I I appreciate you speaking into my life. I appreciate you letting God use you to say something to me. Whatever it may be, thank someone this week. And then, this may be the harder part for some of us, is ask somebody for help. I I really felt as I was preparing these notes that we've all got situations that are coming up in our lives that if we're we're not careful, we get back in this place of, I'm just going to muddle through it myself. I'm going to figure this out on my own. I'm going to make it, I I don't want to bother anybody else. I don't want to get anybody else involved. I'm just going to do it myself. And I really feel like God's telling us, ask somebody for help. In that situation, we need a wonderful counselor to come alongside of us. Sometimes it's another person in flesh and blood wrapped in skin to come put their arm around us and say, hey, I'm here to help you. But do that this week. Whatever situation you're dealing with, if you've gotten to a place where you're thinking, I can just make this happen myself, say no to that voice and ask somebody. Say, I, I really, Even if it's something as simple as, I need you to be praying with me about this. That's, that's asking somebody for help and believing that God's going to speak through that. So let's go ahead and stand up. I want to pray and bless us. And then uh, we are going to give away some carnations this morning. If you're a, a woman in this place, you don't necessarily even have to be a natural mom. We already made that clear when we prayed during worship. Uh, but we have a flower for you that we'd like to give you. And there's going to be a couple guys from the ministry team up here on uh, either side of me. Our young guys are actually going to do it. That is a great plan. I like that. Um, They're going to be up here. They're just going to give you a a flower and bless you. Just speak a quick blessing over you as you go. And then if you want to get your pictures taken with your mom, don't forget to do that over at the photo booth. But let's pray right now. Father, we thank you for coming, for wrapping yourself in flesh, for coming in, in Jesus. 
and demonstrating what you look like in the life that you want us to live and what's possible for us. And Jesus, we thank you for being obedient to walk through the cross, to come out of that tomb and to return, to return to heaven so that you could pour out your spirit on us. We, we are thankful for the wonderful counselor that you've given to us, the spirit of God that you've released into our lives. Lord, let us be good listeners. When we hear your voice directing our steps and and giving us correction and direction in our lives, Lord, let us hear quickly and respond quickly. God, we thank you for the good plans that you have for our lives. We thank you what you've already done in our lives and what you have yet to do in the future. God, we honor you for who you are, for what you're doing in us. Lord, let your goodness and your mercy continue to follow us. Let it be seen in our lives everywhere that we go. Let our lives be living testimonies of who you are in this world. God, we honor you. We give you glory this morning. And we ask that you continue to move in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, If you want incarnation please come up and get one if you need some prayer uh, there'll be some people to pray for you also but otherwise have a great afternoon enjoy your time with your family or whatever your plans are god bless you guys